I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is an audio-only version of a Then and Now video. To see the full video, search Then and Now on YouTube. Enjoy. Hey everyone, this week I'm keeping it simple. I'm talking about freedom. What is freedom? How can such a vague and ambiguous word be defined? As Nietzsche remarked, anything that has a history cannot be defined, and so definitions of freedom and liberty are always shifting and changing. Freedom is always at the heart of politics, at the heart of our personal lives, always simmering beneath debates in different forms, always means different things to different people. Two Concepts of Liberty was a 1958 lecture delivered by the British Latvian philosopher Asaya Berlin. And by the way, I'm keeping it simple this week because the next video is going to be a much larger and very different one. I've just got back from filming in the Lake District and exploring the roots of Romanticism, research also based on a Berlin lecture. So look out for that next time. But Berlin had an incredible mind. He hardly wrote anything, and all his lectures were largely improvised without a script, to be transcribed afterwards, and they still read like the most lucid and carefully planned book. The text version of two concepts ends like this. That's all. Sorry it's such a muddle. Very sorry about that. But I think you'll get the end all right. Anyhow, it's the end of the piece. It's only about 30 pages, and I highly recommend it. I'll leave a link below. Anyway, Berlin thought that where philosophers, politicians and commentators had talked about the idea of freedom as one definable concept, throughout the history of modern thought, you could identify two different ideas about what freedom and liberty meant. He called them negative and positive liberty, and in short, they're the freedom from and the freedom to. Let's explore what that means. According to Berlin, 
negative liberty, freedom from, is the answer to the question, what is the area within which the subject, a person or group of persons, is left to do what they like without control by other persons? It's the freedom from coercion, interference, authority. If I'm a slave, I am coerced into activity. I have no freedom from interference. Classical liberals, libertarians and conservatives, loosely anyway, often talk in terms of negative liberty. People should not be coerced, must be free to make their own choices. There is a frontier, Berlin says, between private life and public authority. For example, people must be free from interference to speak freely, to hold personal property, to express their religious views openly. Many liberals, John Stuart Mill, for example, argued that the freedom of an individual to act how they desire should only be curtailed when it's going to do harm to others. So your freedom to swing your fist ends at my face. People are free from interference up to the point that they choose to drive dangerously, steal, become violent, build unsafe houses. Up to that point, there is an absence of any interference. You are, or you should be, free. Mill wrote that the only freedom which deserves the name is that of pursuing your own good in your own way. As Berlin says, liberty consists in the preservation of an area within which human personality is to have the fullest possible play. Freedom consists of many elements, though. What makes up this fullest possible play? Well, we could look at it from a number of perspectives. How many possibilities are open to me? How easy or difficult are they? How do they compare with each other in my life plan? Are many people in the way? Who do I have to engage with? Are the possibilities valued by society? Are they worth pursuing? But we can begin to see a different type of freedom emerging here. I might be free from interference to do what I wish, but am I free to achieve those goals? Am I able to achieve them? I may not be a literal slave, but I might still be a slave to my irrational impulses or listen to the wrong people, or live my life in an ignorant or misguided way that makes me less free than I desire to be. If I'm a slave to my passions, my urge to smoke, drink, or gamble my money away, if I'm uneducated and so get easily led down a path that's to my detriment, then this is a different type of interference. This too might constrain my freedom especially if I don't really want to smoke or drink or gamble or be misguided. But I'm not coerced externally as such. I'm a slave to my passions. I am coerced by them internally. So positive liberty is the freedom too. For Berlin, it's the answer to the question, what's the source of control when it exists, which can prevent someone from doing what he wishes? He writes... The positive sense of the word liberty derives from the desire on the part of the individual to be his own master. I wish my life and my decisions to depend on myself and not on external forces of whatever kind. It's the desire to self-direction, self-determination, independence, competence. It's the will to self-mastery, 
to autonomy. I want to be the master of my own life, to choose for myself. There are some objects in my path that can't be said to coerce me physically, but can still block me psychologically. In this sense, we all have our passions, urges. We have people telling us how we should live and suggesting what we should do. These things all pull us in different directions, but to be free is to know what is best for us. It's the freedom to think for ourselves. Take the idea of lower impulses. For philosophers from the Stoics to Kant to Mill, we all have less rational lower impulses, which we can be slaves to. But we also have a higher reason that we are able to control, to master. We might have a lower impulse to eat the cake, but through our higher rationality, we can resist because we know we've had too much say or we want to keep healthy. This higher rationality, though, is a positive liberty. It might need to be taught to us or developed within us. Berlin says that this leads us to a question, though. How do I achieve this condition of self-mastery, this positive liberty, this freedom too? It involves a level of self-development. To know what is right for yourself, you need to understand the world, your environment, understand history, physics, culture. And if you don't, you might delude yourself and become a slave to ignorance. In this sense, you might not be free if you are misguided. You're not free if you don't know the way out of a forest, say, even if there's no one in your way externally. You're not free if you're lost or misread a map. Positive freedom, then, is knowing. For Berlin, this knowing can be politicised into a socialised form, and this can be seen in a number of political philosophies that have emerged since the Enlightenment. Nationalism, Rousseauism, Marxism, paternalism, authoritarianism, the welfare state. Berlin argued that positive freedom, the freedom to was at the heart of these kinds of movements. They essentially argued that a rational state, organised correctly, would create the freedom to live fuller lives for its citizens. They argued that human problems were solvable at the political level, that if only the map was organised correctly, a fuller freedom would develop. What Berlin was particularly concerned about, though, was that justifying paternalism or authority on the basis that it would lead to more freedom leads back to less negative freedom. To understand this, we have to think about paternalism. This essentially is being taught what to do, having less initial freedom because it's meant to lead to a greater freedom in the long term. Children have to be coerced into education, for example. And similarly, I don't have the freedom to act recklessly, to act violently, to shout endlessly, to eat all of the harvest, as it's irrational. If everyone did the same, everyone would be less free, including myself. But here's the point. I might not know this. I might have to be taught it, as children do. And in some cases, I must be forced to comply to not speed, steal, punch, endlessly disturb. I might, as Rousseau says, have to be forced to be free. 
Fichte wrote that education works in that you will later recognize the reasons for what I am doing now. And Mill said that compulsion is justified by education for future insight. But here, as Berlin says, the fatal analogies begin. It's here that we can see a fault line emerging. Some people are inarguably, at different times at least, more rational than others. Some are taught not to fight all the time. Others continue to their detriment. Some are guided out of addiction. Some are convinced to be educated on a topic. Others not. Some encourage and sometimes compel others into a certain way of thinking, a way of doing, a way of being, on the basis that it will make them more free. If I'm approaching my driving lessons poorly, I might successfully listen to the teacher, or I might not. Some teachers, too, are better at imparting the information than others. This leads to more, or less, freedom in the long term. But sometimes this can go too far. And this, Berlin says, is the argument used by dictators. That as long as you listen to them, you'll be better off for it. He argues that actually what people want is to be their own master, to be self-determined, to be free from coercion, or at least be guided by those whose interests are absolutely aligned with my own say. He says we all recognise ourselves as part of a group, an Englishman, a carpenter, a musician. There is the question of how much I'm governed then, what the limits of coercion are. But there's also the question of who is doing the governing. I want, as Berlin writes, recognition of myself or my class or my nation or my colour or my race as an independent source of action, something entitled to direct itself as it wishes and not to be ruled, educated, guided, with however light a hand as not quite fully human and therefore not quite fully free. He argues that it's the demand for recognition, not just the demand for more freedom, that animates the great social and political movements of our time. Berlin's analytical study of a single concept, liberty, has been hugely influential and has been credited as introducing the analytical method to political philosophy but it hasn't been without its critics. Gerald McCallum, for example, has argued that there is a single concept of liberty, and it looks something like this. A person is free from constraints to do or become a certain thing. For McCallum, freedom is triadic. If you see in the previous statement, there is an agent, conditions, and a goal. Others have argued that Berlin was unduly influenced by the particular historical context of the Cold War, biasing his analysis. And I'd argue he doesn't look far enough into the relationship between negative liberty, positive liberty and paternalism. There are certain paternalisms we do accept. We don't complain that roads are already laid for us and we're happy to be fed when we're hungry. These are positive liberties. But his insights into self-determination are important ones still today. I think positive liberties and paternalism become dangerous, though, 
when interests are misaligned, which is a strong argument for democracy, direct democracy especially, localism and equality. But we'll look more at Berlin next time from a very different point of view. Hey everyone, I feel very lucky to be able to say that I'm finally at the point where I can commit full time to making these videos. Um, it's a great honour to be able to do that. I absolutely love doing it. I'm going to make two or three videos a month and continue to improve the quality and the research and do a few more experiments and chats and rambles in between. But it is a time consuming job. It's a full time job and it is just me. So unfortunately, right now, Patreon is still the only way that then and now survives. So if you get any value from these videos whatsoever, then please consider pledging a dollar or two dollars on Patreon. If you pledge five dollars or ten dollars or more even, I will add your name to the credits, I will put scripts and the audio and at some point the videos out early for Patreons only. So if there's anything you'd like to see there, then please let me know. But if you can't afford that right now, then of course it's enough to just press like, subscribe, share, and remember to click that bell to be notified to new videos. Thanks so much for watching and I'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.